Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. First Corinthians chapter 1 verse Oh Jesus. First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing but to as who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it's written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of of God is stronger than men. For you you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. God has chosen and the things we are to bring to nothing, the things which are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him you are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. You know redemption, remember? Redemption. As it's written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, in Romans chapter 10, you can put your finger in 1 Corinthians. We'll come back to 1 Corinthians. But in Romans chapter 10, verse 13 and 14, it's brings up another very another interesting point. Romans chapter 10, verse 13 and 14. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be what? For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? Ah, and how shall they hear without a preacher? Hmm. Interesting. What we just read says that you cannot call. For as many as, if you, the way to be saved is to call on his name. <laughs> Someone say, Lord Jesus. Say, Lord Jesus. Jesus. Say louder, Lord Jesus. Jesus. Even louder, Lord Jesus. Jesus. He says, 
Whoever calls us on his name shall be saved. But the major problem is not the calling. It's what makes you call. So how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Your believing is what will make you call on him. I told you that being a believer is not like a state of mind, but it's more of a state of being or behavior. It's behavior. So uh, it says that you can't call if you don't believe, because when you believe, you call. Your believing is if someone says they believe, you see by the way they act. That's what the Bible is saying. Now, so you can't call if you, if you don't believe. And the, that the, major, the issue here is that you cannot believe if you have not heard. Think about it. Think about it. It says that you have to hear in order to believe. So how can people we're talking about? People can watch your life to believe in Christ. It takes preaching. It's preaching, preaching, not lifestyle, preaching. Then your lifestyle can back your preaching. <laughs> Don't tell me my people, my, my fellow uh, worker, my fellow, my colleagues at work know I behave well. So they, they, they no, no, it's, it's good you behave well, but you are not Christ. People can follow you to church and still practice new age. Because they think this is another, one of the things you know, to make your life better. Positive thinking. Okay, and so self-improvement. So if you offer someone something, like Paul went to Athens, and they had different gods. The, the Athenians were very, very superstitious. Everything, if they see this thing is so white, and you can, you can rub your hands around it, it doesn't get dirty. Anything little, that beats their mind, they say, this is God. So they make a God out of it. Everything. And so to the extent that, guess what, these people are interesting. They're crazy guys. To the extent that they had so many gods, but still they felt that there may be some gods the other way. So if I have a god here, now what, Pastor Charles comes and introduces another god I receive. You go, oh, we, we receive. It's called syncretism. Syncretism is mixing all religions, mixing everything. Everything is okay. Let's bring it all together. It's called syncretism. So they, br- they bring it. They bring... Uh, um, Polytheism, different, different gods. So you brought, you brought your own art. This one, art. This one, art. This one, art. This one, art. So I have so many. But still, they still believe upon all of God. There may be some wonderment, some gray, which we don't know. So they dedicated a special altar to that God. They said, to the unknown one. So we know this one, we know this one, we know this one. Now, just maybe, maybe another one will come, we don't know. So to the unknown God. And then Paul goes there, he saw, when he was walking in town, he could see ghosts, ghosts, and shrine, shrine. And then he saw another shrine dedicated to the unknown God. And then he called them, he says that, the one whom you worship unknowingly is the one I'm coming to declare to you now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Acts chapter 70, for those of you who are interested, want to go and read it when you go. So he said, the God who you worship without knowing is the one I am coming to declare to you. So in the same way, there are people who are frustrated. They try everything. And they see things are working for you. And you tell them that, no, me, I behave well. I don't, I don't drink. I know, and my life is gone. Why wouldn't they follow you? But it, it's good they follow you. But that is not a full picture. Because they are following you, what, not because of the Christ they have heard about. Huh? They are following you because 
of the results. They want the results you have. So many people start, start going to church because they like the feel. In a modern day church, the theatrics that come with a modern day church, the, the techniques we use to reach out to people, to make, it's like we do a survey to find out what people like, and then we package ourselves to meet their needs. All the te- it, it, so people respond invariably because you have what they want. <laughs> Say the foolishness of preaching. Oh, sister, I see you. You, you, you. Your life is very peaceful. What is it? It's not, the answer is not just come to my church. The answer is because Jesus loved me, died for me, saved me from my sins, resurrected for my righteousness. And he did the same for you if you can accept and believe him. What is this nonsense you are telling me? The Greek word, M-O-R-I-A, moria, moria, foolishness. Absurd. He says the, the gospel we preach is more real to people. I want something nice to tell. You are telling me somebody came and died on the cross 2,000 years. What? For, for heaven's sake. Give me a break. And most of us have been intimidated, have been bullied. You dare not talk about the cross. You dare not talk about Jesus and his cross. Our church has nice lights. That is not the gospel. How shall they believe on him whom they have not heard? The gospel, and he said, how can they hear? Except there be a preacher. Now, what is the preacher supposed to preach? Is the preacher is supposed to preach the foolishness of the cross. <laughs> who, which preacher are we talking about? Not the one who stands in the pulpit. Back to First Corinthians chapter. Brothers and sisters, if you will not be ashamed of the cross, you prove to God that you are the candidate for what he's preparing you for. <laughs> I just want to provoke something in somebody. What, 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 your life, everywhere you go, everywhere you are, you should be an agent of God. Tell people about Christ. Sister, those brothers who have been playing with you and playing around you, hey, hey, tell them about Christ. They will stop looking at you from behind. Tell them about when they see you coming, they will turn and go. And if they are called, if they are called, the foolish thing you talk about, the Holy Spirit uses it. Because it takes the foolishness of the preaching of the cross for the Holy Spirit to use that to call people. Because some people were called from the foundation of the earth. Anyone who is born again was called before you were born. Wow, that's right. Now it takes the preaching, the foolishness of preaching in anybody's mouth. The preaching of the cross. Let's all say that together. Say it again. That is why as a pastor, I have to make it my major responsibility to bring the understanding of the cross to bear on a regular basis because that is what saves because you preach that demon out of them. <laughs> no one knows you on Facebook. You are a popular figure. Popular figure because of the pictures you have on, on Facebook and the kind of 
rubbish you churn on Facebook, which sounds nice in the ears of people. Christless, because of the Christlessness, people seem to like you on Facebook. And yet you believe that God will bless me. On what grounds? I dare you stand up for Christ if you're a Christian. (laughs) He didn't hear what I said. If you're not a Christian, there's no problem. But if you're a Christian, I dare you take a stand for Jesus. You won't be quiet. You speak about him. You make it clear. It makes you look sometimes in the eyes of certain people, they look down. You make you look you are stupid. It does not matter. Bible has already said, preaching of Christ is foolishness to the Greeks. Who are the Greeks? The Greeks are the people who... Let me, let me give you right, a little bit of background to the whole issue. About, you see, Corinth was very close to Athens. Athens was the capital of Greece. And ancient times, Greeks were known for philosophy. So Aristotle, Socrates, and all those guys. Greeks were thinkers. 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 And so, it, watch this. Besides philosophy... In those times, you know, in our times, people who are really uh, celebrated are football stars, uh, film stars, music stars, they are the celebrities. So, if, so long as you can win the X Factor, you can have your private life again. They must, you must always be hiding in a uh, tinted glass because everybody wants to come to you. That's, that's that. In those days, in those days, the celebrities were not movie stars or, or sports stars. The celebrities in those days were not politicians. The celebrities in those days were people, because they are a form of entertainment, the people who sit down, and the one who has the power of oration. You speak, you speak, and people begin to get excited, and they are clapping for you. And people were masters of the game. So that's what got public support and popularity. If you want popularity, you must be a good speaker. And so then, in the known world, especially the Greek world, that, that was the order of the day. And then Paul shows up, and he says, I did not come to you with enticing words of man's wisdom, eloquence. Because if we are, they are measuring eloquence, they said, this guy, too, where is he coming from? He's like a caricature. So in those days, they had people who had the eloquence who entertained the masses, and then in Roman times too, they had what we call, so let's say the emperor will make an announcement, okay, that this year there's going to be tax relief. But how would everybody know? So they had people called heralds. Heralds were people who have to travel, go into city centers and call everyone, and people will gather, and then they said, I have good news, I have good news. So they were heralds, and the heralds, Value is not based on their eloquence, but their value was based on the substance of their message. <laughs> the word that was translated preachers were heralds. So a preacher was just someone who is carrying a message that is not his, and the, the, the value of the message is not based on what the people wanted to hear. It's based on the one who sent him. So you were sent to deliver a message. You don't have to embellish it. You don't have to try and make it look too nice for the people or so nice. You just have to make sure you don't miss the content. Take what is given to you and say it. That shows the value of the herald. Paul said me, when it comes to public speaking and all these things, I may not be an entertainer. I may not be the popular person. But I am a herald and I carry a message. That's what we are. 
We may not fit into the popular norms. I'm going somewhere. Listen to this. We may not fit in the popular norms, but that one who is called. Mm. Pastor Frank, I was thinking, and I realized that, you know, there are big men, small men, serious political figures, some people who are not uh, uh, bus drivers, bank managers, who don't believe anything, who are called. Mm. It's just a matter of time. The human heart is in the hand of God. People change. But I pray that you will be the agent through whom people will change. There are people God has called and put a message in your mouth for them. If you go and tell this one, she will, what's this nonsense you are saying? Say this one, what's this nonsense? Say this one. No, that's all this rubbish. But to the one who is called, as you say it, she'll be looking at you. Because God has called her from the foundation of the earth. And it takes the foolishness of preaching. It does, you don't have to sound nice. All you have to tell the story of Christ. Who Jesus is. What he did, the cross. Now, now. Mr. Johnson, that's all Pastor Paul was doing. Yes, I'm telling you. Watch this. Brothers and sisters, if you consider the text we just read, it's so serious. I'll come back to that in a minute. But I want to show you that that's all Paul knew. Paul said we preach the cross, which is offense to many people. But that's what, and then it's so strange, Pastor. He says that to those who are perishing, it's foolishness. But to those who are saved, or those who have been saved, it is the power of the same thing. The same thing. The same message. Ah, so it's not based on intellectual prowess, the niceness of the presentation. Because either, it would have appealed to wise men first. But actually, wise men looked down and said, This is silly. And religious people say, no, 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 I need a sign. Religious people want signs. They want gimmicks. They want this. And you're also coming to tell me Christ was crucified on the cross. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. He says that I am crucified with Christ. The cross. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not lie, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians chapter 3 verse 1. Put it on the screen. Let's see what it says. Galatians chapter 3 verse 1. Watch this. It says that, oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Christ was clearly portrayed amongst you as what? Crucified! <laughs> you didn't get it. Paul's job was to portray Christ as crucified because the miracle is at the cross. Why do you want to preach something else then? So he told them in Galatians, that if someone, even if an angel preached something apart from other, God, another gospel, different from what we have preached, let him be accursed. And what was he preaching? Christ crucified. Let's all say Christ crucified. Christ. Say it again. Galatians chapter 5 verse 11. It refers to the cross of Christ again. Galatians 5 verse 11. And I, brethren, if I still preach circumcision, why do I suffer persecution? Then the offense of the cross has ceased. The cross was very offensive to many people. And it's still offensive to many people. To good people and bad people. The bad people who want to marginalize Christianity. Look at Galatians chapter 6 verse 14. I like that one. I like that one. If there's something you forget, don't forget about this one. God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Say the cross. The cross. Say the cross. the cross. The cross was at the center of Paul's message. Why are you teaching this thing? On the back of justification, we are justified by faith in Christ. Okay, so watch this. Watch this. How can a person be saved? Through justification. How can you be justified? He says that someone has to come and preach to you. You have to hear the message of the cross. And so, you and I, listen, if you don't know about the cross, it doesn't matter how many times you've been coming to church, you are not born again. You are not born again. You have changed your religious persuasion and become a bit more religious and more passionate about the things of the church, but you're actually not born again. Because what makes a person born again is the message you hear about the cross. What's the message of the cross? How you and I were sinners and God because of his grace. Now watch this. God because of his grace sent Jesus to die. Watch this. God is not gracious because Christ died on the cross for us. Christ died on the cross for us because God is gracious. So because God was gracious, he sent for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever. Christ died for you and I. And after dying, he resurrected to endorse the validity of his death and to give up. The Bible says that he was raised for our justification. He resurrected, and this is the whole gospel. This is the whole good news. No man has anything to offer. You didn't do anything. Don't bring your offering inside. You didn't do anything. You see, many people think they can give, 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 and God will be happy with them. Your giving doesn't make God happy with you. <laughs> Read the Bible. He says that they, they gave because they gave of themselves first. Mm. <laughs> they gave to us because they gave. If your heart has not been given to God, he is not interested in your cash. He says, silver and gold is mine. Mm. No one can sponsor the gospel. <laughs> no one. So for you to be justified and stand before God, you need to have the desire that others also stand before God. But how do you get them justified? Or how do you get them to come and know Christ? Watch this. <laughs> anyway, because of Christ, all right, we have been pardoned from the punishment of sin. That's justification. We have been set free from the power of sin. That's sanctification. And we will be set free from the presence of sin, which is glorification. But it all starts from justification once you are set free from the punishment of sin. And we need to tell people that you don't have to walk with guilt anymore before God because Jesus has died for you. The cross is the center of everything we do in church. That's what the early church preached. First Corinthians, where I started from. The foolishness of preaching saves people, yes, sir. Which people does it save? Those who have been called. But pastor, then why don't you just look out for people who have been called and preach? That's why you have to just preach. Because the one sitting beside you in the bus, maybe it's it's his opportunity because God has called him and has given you the, that's why. You see, listen, if you, you, okay, can we do a challenge now? Start telling, talking to people about Christ and see the doors that are open for you. Try it and see. Try it and see. Start sharing, telling people about Christ. Telling them about how Christ loves them. Telling them how, about they, how they don't have to live in their sin anymore. 
telling them about how they have forgiveness in God through the blood of Christ, through the cross of Christ. Tell them about Jesus. Not condemn them. Because the Bible says that the world is already in condemnation. That's why they are running away from God. Because the whole world is condemned. Jesus says that, for God did not send his son to condemn the world, but to save the world. And he says that, I think one of the early scriptures I knew when I got born again, John chapter 5 verse 24, said, most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my words and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Verse 25. Most assuredly, I say, I say until the hour is coming, and now is when the dead shall hear the sound of God, and those who hear shall live. Now, 24 says that the one who hears and believes has passed over from where? The, so, if they say you pass over from death into life, that means actually you are in death. Because the world is already condemned. The world is already condemned. Now, the point I'm making is that. This has always been my belief. You never know who God will send your way. But you know what we have trained our morning day church folks to? We are looking for who God is sending to bring me breakthrough. Maybe, maybe, maybe my wife, you know. Maybe he may be my wife. Drop all my husband. Drop all those things. Talk about maybe if I don't talk to him, he's going to die tomorrow and go to hell. <laughs> Maybe I'm his last chance. I'm his last chance. And as you get yourself busy about God's business, God is also busy behind the scenes, sorting your business for you. Sorting, because God chose in his wisdom that he would not reach out by himself. That's why when God appeared to Saul of Tarsus in Acts chapter 9, from verse 5, when he was going to kill Christians, God met him personally. God met him. He fell on the horse. He said, who are you? Jesus said, I am the one who you, I'm the Lord. Then Jesus said, I am Jesus who you are persecuting. He said, no, but I'm not persecuted you, I'm persecuting the church. Jesus said, the church is me. So Jesus himself appeared to him, and then when he saw that, you know what he said? He said, what do you want me to do, Lord? Jesus he said, okay. Well, he said, just go to um, Damascus, go. People would tell, they are already agents on the ground. Do you know their name? Virginia, Bernice, Isaac, Kobe, Justina. Cecilia, Fatimata, Pasi. He said, they are there. So now if you don't do it, God, God won't do it. Because when you read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19, 20, look at what the verse 19 says. That God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses, and has, com- has committed to us the word of re- It is in our mouth. The word is now being given to us. So when we talk about justification by faith, it's not like somebody joining church and now the first thing is a Christian, which politicians think that's how it is, which ordinary human beings, people think that's how it is. Joining church doesn't make you a Christian. It's the, the message of the cross which you have heard, which you have believed and accepted Jesus, that makes you a Christian. Then after you become, you can't be a Christian without going to church. Then there's a big question mark about if whether you are a Christian. Because as soon as you are a Christian, something, three, three things, you develop taste. You be, develop good taste for church. When you are a Christian, you like to be in church. Am I talking to yes. a Christian? When you are not a Christian, you don't like church. You don't understand why people even go to church like that. 
So you become a Christian. You actually love to be in the presence of God. You love to be in the fellowship. And you, prayer becomes a delight. The word of God becomes a delight. It doesn't become a chore. First Corinthians chapter, chapter 1, verse oh, 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved is the power of God. Did you see that? Is the power of God. Verse 21. For sins in the wisdom of God. This, this, that, what does that mean? God, God's plan, God's own wisdom. This is how he's planned it. So don't try to advise God and say, God, no, I think if we do it this way, it's better. Since in the wisdom of God, the world through their discovery and wise way of thinking, thinking they are wise, they're, okay, A plus B is C, and if you add this, if you add this, philosophize this and add this, the world through their wisdom, okay, did not know God. That's why it doesn't matter how highly educated you are, it doesn't guarantee that you will know God. Bible said, God likes it that way. <laughs> Did you see that? If Bible said, Bible said, in the wisdom of God, since in the wisdom of God, God's wisdom, wise way of doing things, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God. How, that, how does he want people to know him? It pleased him that through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. You may look foolish, but please God that you do it through the foolishness. So then why don't you go ahead and be foolish for him? That's all I'm trying to say. Be foolish for him so that someone can also say, I am justified. <laughs> to those who are already called. Guess what? Those who God has called. Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 that he chose us from the foundation of the world. In, a, in Romans chapter 8 verse 29, it said those he foreknew, he also predestined. Those he predestined, he also called. All right. So those who are called, those who are called, those who God, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm veering into election now. But there is not everyone who will be saved. How many of you know that? Not everyone will be saved. Not everyone. So who will be saved? Preaching will tell. <laughs> when you talk to someone who God has planned to save, God has already has his name saved. Like, it's part of the elect. When you talk to them, you talk to two people. One who is not elect, the other one is elect. As you speak to them, the word will get to Even though it's foolishness to this one. The same foolishness. Read it back on the screen, verse 21. It says that it pleased God that through the foolishness of preaching to save those who believe. So, my brothers and sisters, you don't need to know all the theology. All you need to know is that Christ who died, actually, Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, it talks about um, Christ. Christ became obedient to death, even the death on the cross. Paul was always talking about that. All right, so Christ's death on the cross, Christ's death on the cross is what gives us access to God. Pastor, but it's not, it's, you know, if you say that, a lot of people may not believe, but we need more people in the church. No, we don't need the church. What do you mean, you don't need people in the church? No, we don't need more people in the church. We just have to go out and call those who are saved. Though God is saving. When we call, they will come home. <laughs> they will come home. They are out there. They are out there waiting for you. As insignificant as you may deem yourself to be in your eyes. 
opening your mouth, telling somebody about Christ can change his destiny. But the beautiful thing is, as you do that, God will be blessing you. God will be blessing you. And some of us, through that, you're on your route to becoming a millionaire. That's are you sure? Try it and say, I'm telling you, I've seen people who are going to handle huge sums of money. But as long as your mouth is shut for Christ, I don't see how you can be a full-time beneficiary. That kind of blessing I see coming. I'm not saying this to whet your appetite because I've come to understand that it will take the foolishness of preaching. So I don't need to sound appealing. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't need to sound to, hey, pastor. <laughs> you see where I'm getting to now? No, we, we, we have to give yourself a break from trying to impress people. Give yourself a break. Because you can't really impress people, you know. They will find you out later. They will find you out later. Or they will find something about you that will depress them. <laughs> and they will, they will pick up stones to, to stone you. <laughs> but nothing about Christ depresses. So let's present Christ. Today, I came to prepare someone for, your, for the coming Flood of blessings. Amen. And I realize that many of us in this church are missing out big time. In conclusion, is it not possible that this prayer request you put in the box is waiting for you to tell someone about Christ? Is it not possible that you've screamed and fasted and screamed and fasted and screamed? And it looks like God has gone on a holiday on your case. Is it not possible, brothers and sisters, if we are Christians and God is true to his word, is it not possible that the things that we are living undone is becoming our undoing? Is it not possible that we have to do this whilst we do the others too? But if we leave one undone because it's not my style, and we choose, in fact, the weightier one. We leave that. I've seen people who are not, like Oyedepo said, said he has never once, never prayed for physical blessing, material blessing. Pray for a house. Pray for a car. Say he has never, but he has never liked these things. They keep coming. They keep coming. As you do God's work, when he send them, he said, don't take purses. Don't take anything because a laborer is worthy of his wages. Bible says no one goes to war at his own expense. No one goes to war at his. If you are stepping out for God, God will fund you. That's my belief. Oh, you don't know. If we are suffering, I don't care. If you are stepping out, unless you see, the problem is many people don't really believe God the way the Bible presents him. Because if you do, you give it all out and give it your best shot. And leave the rest for him. But if a pastor preaches like this, many people will look at him. Oh, if we make an altar call, anyone who is believing God for a financial breakthrough, you will see half of the congregation will come. <laughs> but I'm telling you, as we begin to become more outreach oriented, reaching out to souls, reaching out, we will make calls for people who want financial breakthrough and more than. 80% of us wouldn't have the need to come. 
Not because you don't want, because you are okay. God is supplying your needs according to his riches and glory. You are fully catered for. That's why I started from that, where I started from. Look at me. God has fully catered for, for me, fully. Somebody, I'm preparing you for your blessing. Amen. And you know what, what I've said, some people didn't get it. Oh, I know, I know, I know. But other people knew ex- know exactly what God is telling them. Because some of us, God has started preparing us already. He's been telling you, he's been talking to you, he's been talking to you. Because you know what? You are at the brink of your next major miracle. Then the next financial breakthrough, the next marital breakthrough, the next scholarship for that child, the next big house you are buying, you are at the brink of it. I pray that God will give us all grace. The grace of God will be increased upon us. That God will help us to be heralds of the good news of Christ Jesus. Lift up your right hand. Begin to pray that God help me. God, help me. Put your word in my mouth. Put your word that with boldness I will declare your word. That with boldness I will declare your word. Through the foolishness of preaching, it has pleased you to save those who believe. Oh Lord, use me. Oh Lord, someone pray. Pray that God give me the grace. Give me the grace that I'll step out for you. And send the people you want me to speak to. Send them my way, Lord. Let our paths cross. Let our paths cross. I am ready to step out for you. I'm ready to be your agent. Lord, for the boldness. And confirm your word in my mouth. Father, we thank you for this clarion call. Thank you for the wake up call you have given us. To arise to the greater assignment you have called us for. For a man can never be saved by the works of the law, but one can only be saved through faith by grace of the Lord Jesus. Help us to send this message across. Help us to herald the message and preach the cross, even though it may sound foolish to others. It may come across as foolishness, But Lord, grant us the boldness that we boldly declare your word. That your word will grow and multiply and prevail. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of us are going to step out of the boat for Jesus? Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.